So, fair disclosure, after this podcast was recorded, Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the presidential race, and it is down to President Trump and Nikki Haley. New Hampshire's heating up. Natural born men and women, welcome to another episode of Rise of the Black Republican. I'm your host, Lawrence Haley, the Black Republican, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about the hiatus, where I've been, what we're doing, where we're going. Other topics we'll cover are the Iowa caucus, the New Hampshire primaries, and where I think the GOP nomination is going. Of course, we'll have the headline I hate and the absurdity of the week. So let's go. First off, the hiatus. Where in the world have I been? I want to say the last episode I recorded was back in July of last year. And what happened that month is we bought a house. So had to pack the studio up. We moved. And the new studio sat dormant for about three months. After that, before you know it, the holidays were here. And on top of that, I actually started going back to school, working on my master's degree. That was occupying a lot of my time. But it's 2024. My commitment to you is at least once a month, I'll deliver an episode for you. Where should we start? So much has changed with the GOP presidential nominee. I believe last time I was here, Chris Christie was still in. Tim Scott was in. Vivek Ramaswamy was still in. And now it's just down to President Trump, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. What the media wants you to believe is in that order. Definitely think President Trump is leading the pack and looking to see if he is able to secure the nomination and run for president. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. But when you have states like Michigan pulling shenanigans, trying to take him off the ballot, and that's going to the Supreme Court. So you never know what's going to happen here in the future. I do think that President Trump, I do think that President Trump has obviously the popularity to carry the nomination, but I just don't know if legally they're going to allow him to do it. They're going to try to find a way to make sure this man doesn't get the nomination. If that is the case, I still believe that Ron DeSantis is our guy. Even though Nikki Haley and I share the same last name, she's a joke. I know you can do this for any political candidate, but the amount of videos that you can find on the internet where Nikki Haley is blatantly contradicting herself is countless. I'm really surprised at how bad Vivek Ramaswamy did. I take that back. I think I called here on the podcast on my second episode or so that Vivek didn't stand a chance, even though he's bright. He says all the right things. And to be honest, his truth campaign was really perfect. I love how he wasn't afraid to go after the woke agenda and said what was right and what was wrong. Speaking about marriage, speaking about the nuclear family, things like that. I do believe one thing that held him back, especially in Iowa, is the fact that he's not a Christian. But in his defense, he's very proud about his religion and he will speak boldly about it and has conviction. So I do have to give him kudos for that. This week coming up, we have the New Hampshire primaries. That'll be Tuesday, January 23rd. And we'll see how that goes. Again, I think that President Trump will carry the state, but I wouldn't be surprised also if Nikki Haley doesn't pull away with the primaries in New Hampshire. From what I've read online, from what I'm hearing in different podcasts, things like that, she has a lot of donations and a lot of uh, campaign finance going into New Hampshire to see if she can carry that state. I'd be surprised if she gets it. But at the same time, I think President Trump is our guy there, and I think it will be another victory for President Trump. Pivoting away from politics, what did I do during this hiatus? So one of the things we did in December is we took the family over to 
Disneyland for Christmas. We had been there before, but we never went for Christmas. So we wanted to do that because, you know, Disney, Christmas, the whole magic thing. It's pretty cool. Not going to lie. The one thing that blew me away when I was there, and I'm going to speak boldly here for a second. So excuse me for those who I might offend. But but the amount of same sex couples I saw at Disney completely blew my mind. I want to be perfectly clear. So I'm not misunderstood. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a homophobe. Some people that I love deeply are a part of that community. It was just really strange to me to see it so out in the open. And I was finally able to understand that if the country is headed this way, then I understand why there's so much and so many issues going on in America. I still believe that the nuclear family is the way that life is supposed to be. And you're going to have the most successful families and the most successful people come out of nuclear families. Even in scenarios where it is a single parent home, you see the struggles and different ways children from those families tend to not be as successful as children that come from nuclear families. But it really blew my mind to see it in person and to see how accepting society has become of same-sex families and the breakdown of the nuclear family. I have a lot more I want to say about that for another time, so let's go on to our next topic. The headline I love and the headline I hate. So when I first launched the podcast, I told you guys this show is going to be more than just politics. It will talk about some things about woke society, woke culture, what have you. And I want to go ahead and talk about two movies. Movie number one is the headline I love. And that headline is The Marvels Faces Anti-Woke Backlash After Box Office Flop Echoing Captain Marvel Attacks. So, I'm a huge Marvel Comics fan. I started collecting comics when I was in 6th grade and collected them through my 20s. To be honest, I still collect them now. I'm 45 years old and still collect comic books. Um, Huge fan, and I was a huge fan of all the MCU movies until recently. Now, before you make the assumption and think that I'm hating on the Marvels, I'm not. The movie that I hated the most that I've seen recently was Thor, Love and Thunder. This movie was just all around garbage. It was all over the place. I tried to watch it a second time and I couldn't make it through it. The humor was terrible. It just was a bad movie. Unlike most, I actually liked Ant-Man Quantumania. I thought the story was fresh, cool action, and it wasn't a bad movie at all. Gardens of the Galaxy 3 rocked. It was perfect. Good movie. If you haven't seen it yet, go out and see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. If you haven't watched the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, I highly recommend all three movies. All three are freaking great. Freaking awesome movies. Now, fast forward to the Marvels. The problem I have with the Marvels is not what we all think. So we all think that, oh, it's because the right wing critics are ripping it because it's a female led movie. It's it's not. That's not why. The reason why I personally had no interest in it is because Captain Marvel was a character I never had interest in when I collected comic books. To me, when I grew up in the 90s, the top female characters in Marvel Comics were Storm, Jean Grey, and Rogue. 
all three X-Men. Love all three of them. If there was a movie for one of those characters, I'd go see it right now. I'd turn the podcast off. I'd go to the movie theaters and watch it right now if it was released right now at this time. So to say it's because it was a female-led movie or female-led superheroes, not the case. It bombed because there were characters that no one cares about and half the characters no one knows about. I didn't even know about Monica Rambeau until I watched WandaVision. So... To say this bomb because people didn't want to go see a woman superhero movie, it's absurd. It's a lie. And then all the other spins they put on top of are even more funny. And that's why I said I get a kick out of the story and headline because then they said, oh, this movie failed because toxic men didn't want to go see female superheroes. And this movie wasn't made for them anyways. It was made so little girls could have heroes to look up to and blah, blah, blah. Well, if that's the case... How come women didn't go see it? If it was made for women and you didn't make it for men, then why didn't women show out and make this movie a success? Because it was a bad movie. And then they said, oh, male critics slammed the movie. You can go online right now and find tons of reviews that are written by women that said how bad this movie was. So, Again, it was just a funny headline. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so funny that they're trying to blame everything else except for the fact that it was a bad movie and it was full of characters that no one cared about. Even in the advertising and marketing campaign, they started putting characters in it so that way to lure people in. They had a trailer that had Tony Stark in it, a trailer that had Captain America in it, a trailer that had Thanos, and none of those characters were even in the movie. Even at the end of it, they tried to sell it with... The uh, X-Men theme, there's one trailer that there is a, uh, it says, be prepared for what comes next. And they zooms in on the X and you hear a slight hint of the X-Men theme in that trailer. Again, they did all this to bait and switch you to go see a movie that no one cares about with characters that no one cares about by luring you in with characters that you do care about. And that's why this is the headline I love, because everything around it is hilarious. Now on to the headline I hate. I promised you we were going to talk about movies, and this headline is Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy, set to be the first woman and person of color to direct a Star Wars film. The director, known for her work as a documentarian, is one of three directors working on films for the franchise. Now, why do I hate this headline? Because as it goes on in the article, it starts talking about this director, who is an Academy Award winning director. They've won two Oscars, and they've won seven Emmys. So this person has the potential to actually direct a really good Star Wars movie. But in this article and in an interview, uh, Obeid Chinoy, who is of Pakistani-Canadian background, uh, starts talking about the things that they want to bring to film and specifically bring to Star Wars. So one of the quotes I want to look at is, this from Obey Chinoy. She said, I'm very thrilled about the project because I feel we're about to create something very special. Obey Chinoy said of her upcoming sequel to Rise of Skywalker, adding, We're in 2024 now, and it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. What? So, first off, what are they talking about? It's time we had a woman come forward to shape the story about a galaxy far, far away. The last time I looked, a woman has been shaping the story of the galaxy far, far away because Kathleen Kennedy has been running Lucasfilm since it's been at Disney. So 
to say that, oh, it's time for a woman to shape the story. A woman's been shaping the story. What are you talking about? This makes no sense. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, once news broke that Obeyed Shinoi was going to be directing the next film, a video emerged where she was talking about she's an activist and she stands up for women's rights, which is completely fine. But then in that interview, she specifically said she likes to make men uncomfortable in her films and that men need to be uncomfortable. And when you watch this interview, just listen to her. I'll play a clip. And when you hear her talking, she's getting pleasure out of making men uncomfortable. Had this been on the, you know what? I'm just going to play the clip. What is the balance of activating a force for change, but also trying to permeate that patriarchy, that power structure? And is that a part of the calculation of your art as well? And and what's been the reaction to that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I like to make men uncomfortable. I enjoy (laughs) making men uncomfortable. <laughs> not you, just just not you. Not know, you. Not not you. Point taken. Point taken. <laughs> but um, you know, it is important to be able to look into the eyes of a man and say, "I am here," and recognize that, and recognize that I am working to bring something that makes you uncomfortable, and it should make you uncomfortable, because you need to change your attitude. And it's only when you're uncomfortable, when you're shifty, when you have to have difficult conversations, that you will perhaps look at yourself in the mirror and not like the reflection, and then say, maybe there is something wrong with the way I think, or maybe there is something wrong with the way I am addressing this issue. There, you heard it for yourself. Had that been the other way around and had the shoe been on the other foot and a man said, oh, I like making movies that make women uncomfortable, they would be cast out of Hollywood. There's no way. There's This is a double standard and it's disgusting. When you listen to that clip, you can hear the joy in her voice and the, the tone. She actually gets pleasure out of making men feel uncomfortable. Like, what is her mental problem? Like, and what would be anybody's mental problem? Not just hers, but what would be anybody's mental problem out of making someone else uncomfortable? So before we start heralding and appraising this person as, oh, great, they're going to be a person of color directing Star Wars. We really need to examine, is this the type of person we want making a movie? Again, has nothing to do with their gender. It has to do with the fact that this person isn't in the right headspace to direct a multi-billion dollar franchise film. I, you know, this potentially, it had potential, I'm going to say, like I said, it had potential to be a great movie. Obey Chinoy has the credentials, but when you start to involve your personal and political beliefs into what you're doing professionally, there's a problem. At my employer, I can't go to work and talk about my political views. I can't even wear political messages on my clothing. So there's no reason for someone who is directing a film for a major Hollywood studio to start involving their politics and their political beliefs or um, their activist movement. If that's the case, then go be an activist. Don't be a director, but, or keep the two separate. But I, you know, we'll see what happens here. The internet's rallying against it. I hate the whole thing. It's taken a franchise that I really love. Again, I was a big Marvel fan. 
starting to, you know, kind of pull back from that a little bit. And here we are now taking Star Wars in a very interesting direction. I'll reserve judgment for when it's released, but it's going to be very interesting. And that is the headline I hate. All right. And lastly, the absurdity of the week. So one thing I don't like is when political commentators uh, will not mention the crazy things that their party does. So this story comes to us from Florida, and it's about this crazy Republican guy down here. Uh, I'll kind of just go into it. I'll read the headline and let you hear the rest. So here's the headline. Ousted Florida Republican cleared of rape allegation, but faces video voyeurism charge. Now, the whole story behind this is this guy named Christian Ziegler, right? And he was uh, facing a rape charge, and he got cleared of the rape charge uh, because he was able to prove that it was consensual in this video that he recorded. He used the video to defend himself, and now he's getting charged with voyeurism, video voyeurism, because the woman that he had sex with said, that she didn't give consent for him to record video. So he cleared it. First off, she charged him with rape. Like she actually accused him of raping her. And then when he, she busted it, when he busted her on video and said, Oh no, um, here's a video. It was consensual. And she's like, okay, uh, well, I didn't consent to that video. So now he's facing video voyeurism charges. Now here's where things get even more absurd. And this is why I gotta, you know, go after our Republicans who aren't being, uh, who aren't displaying conservative, true American values. So here's part of the story. It says Ziegler 40 previously admitted to having sex with a woman, but insisted it was consensual and blamed political opponents for sensationalizing the matter. Court records show that his wife, Bridget Ziegler told detectives the three had engaged in sex more than a year ago. Yes, the three. So he's sitting here saying that it's a sensationalized matter from his political opponents Bro, you sensationalized it when you brought another woman into your bed with your wife. What are you talking about? This whole story is absolutely absurd. So you know what? You don't follow traditional conservative values. I'm going to out you. So that's the absurdity of the week. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to Rise of the Black Republican podcast. If you like this episode, please tell a friend to tune in and check us out wherever that is the podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and more. Rise of the Black Republican podcast is a teammate production.